The Astros may have won the battle in the regular season, but can the Mariners win the war of the ALS? Our ALDS preview is coming up. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October 10th, 2022. This is Tidane Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. If you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Tomorrow is the big day. Game one of the American League Division Series between the Houston Astros and the Seattle Mariners. One of three interdivisional matchups in the divisional round, so a lot of fun stuff going on all around Major League Baseball. Logan Gilbert versus Justin Verlander tomorrow, 1237 Pacific Time, first pitch. We'll talk about the start times later. Don't like it, but it is what it is. We'll get into that later, like I said. But, Colby, let's start out with Gilbert, who was... Scheduled to uh, start in game three of the wildcard series, of course, didn't need that game. And you had talked about how concerned you were about Gilbert against the Blue Jays, who he has historically struggled with. He has fared pretty well against the Astros in the past. Do you think this is a better matchup for him than Toronto? Uh, a little bit better. Um, it's still not ideal, uh, obviously. But, uh, you know, the Astros are a very right-handed heavy team but so are the Blue Jays. Uh, so really, the thing with, with the Blue Jays and the Astros or whoever, it really doesn't matter who Gilbert's going up against because for Logan Gilbert, it still comes down to the fastball command regardless of who he faces. So, uh, you know, is it possible that just the few times he's faced the Blue Jays, he just didn't have his good fastball command and that's why he struggled? Sure. Um, but yeah, if Gilbert's not on the corners, both, you know, at the letters and, you know, on the actual corners of the plate with the fastball, then he's going to get hit hard. And whether that's Toronto or, or Houston, you know, it's, it's not like it's the lineup is significantly worse in Houston than it is in, in Toronto. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's an easier matchup. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, it, it it's not going to be a walk in the park. But I do think that just you probably feel a little more confident in it just because, he has had some success against the Astros. He hasn't been dominant against them, but he's been pretty good against them in his career. Um, and Toronto, he's just been god awful. So there has to be yeah. some, some you know, uh, familiarity or some uh, sense of relief, uh, just based on what history tells us. But uh, with Gilbert, it's it's pretty simple. If he can command the fastball, if he can you know get it at the letters or slightly above, and he can get it off the outside corner to all these righties, he's going to have a shot. Uh, to go deep in this game and pitch really well like he has for pretty much all of September. If he doesn't, he's going to get hit hard and the Mariners are going to go down one nothing because Verlander on the other side is not going to give Seattle many opportunities. Uh, and so Gilbert kind of has to match him pitch for pitch, which is uh, it's pretty difficult to say when the other guy's sporting a one seven five ERA. Yeah. Now, of course, we've said that you know Gilbert has had success against the Astros, but not necessarily at Minute Maid Park. Uh, but that is also kind of being dragged down by his rookie season last year. 295, 347, 545 slash line at Minute Maid Park for Astros hitters against Logan Gilbert over his career. But you look at this season, however, 261, 333, 435. It's, that's still not great, but 375 ERA. He's given up five doubles, uh, only one home run in that time, just five earned runs and uh, 
So he's he's kind of figured it out in the stadium this year, but we'll see, you know, of course, how he fares in a playoff setting. Anything can really go in that situation. And look, he's he's not only going to need the fastball, he's also going to need something secondary, something tertiary. He's going to need, like, especially the changeup. Going up against the likes of Kyle Tucker, going up against the likes of Jordan Alvarez, he's going to need that pitch to work for him. Or else, again, like you said, he's going to get knocked around, and the Mariners, uh, look, it doesn't matter if the Dodgers were walking into that stadium tomorrow. Justin Verlander is not going to give you many opportunities. You are not going to score many runs off of Justin Verlander. This is one of those games that either you drive his pitch count up or you have to win it 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Right. The the one Achilles heel of Verlander is he will, he will challenge you with his fastball early. Um, so he will give up some home runs. So you, you can score off of him usually by hitting home runs. Um, but because he, you know, fills the strike zone, it, it's, you're not going to bunch up hits against him. The stuff is too good. Uh, so you're probably looking at mostly solo home runs. That's why Verlander, you know, can traditionally, you know, be top five in home runs allowed for a pitcher and still put up, you know, sub two ERAs, um, just because they only give up solo home runs and, and the stuff is so good. So, there's an opportunity. Seattle did jump on him once this year. Uh, you remember they put up six runs against him. So, you know, there is the chance that he has an off day, uh, but you don't really want to bank on it. So, yeah, runs are going to be at a premium in this game. Um, you know, I, I think probably the best you could possibly hope for is is how Seattle managed to attack uh, Manoa in game one. And it's just score early and then just kind of, you know, score early, get the big home run uh that you need and then you just kind of try and play add-on uh and then just try to pitch them and, and defense them to death um that mm-hmm. that's how you're probably going to win this game it's just somebody's gonna you know i don't want to say luck into a home run but somebody's gonna you know pipe a two-run bomb uh maybe you 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 can produce one extra run and you're going to try and win this thing three to one three to two um in houston which isn't isn't easy but uh it's it's definitely possible so and can we uh, finally get some luck with the Crawford boxes, please? <laughs> it always feels like Houston has luck with it. We never get a home run on on the Crawford boxes. We never get just a you know routine pop fly, just barely clear the wall there. Can we please get that this week? Can we please, please? I'm asking the baseball gods right now. Just let Julio hit like a routine pop fly that just barely, <laughs> barely gets over. Please. First row of the Crawford boxes. Yes. Um yeah, those are an abomination of Major League Baseball, by the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, we'll see what can happen here. Like I said, it, it's a matchup that certainly um, favors the Astros, but that was probably going to be true even if you could start Luis Castillo in game one, right? So mm-hmm. Verlander's just been that guy all year. Uh, again, you can get to him usually through the solo home run. It's going to be very difficult to bunch up uh, hits against them, against Verlander, so in that one opportunity you might get where maybe you get a guy on second and third with one out, you have to find a way to get at least one of those guys and probably both of them. Um, and if it happens to be via the home run, great. If it's just a regular single and you put up two, great. Like the the ability to score more than one run in an inning off of Verlander probably going to be the difference in this game. If the Mariners can do it, they have a good shot. If they can't do it, then they're probably only going to score one or two runs and it's going to be very difficult for any pitcher to hold this offense to, you know, one or zero runs over uh especially at minute mm-hmm. park yeah Minimate? this is Minim- yeah. yeah yeah this is certainly a series that presents a lot of disadvantages for the mariners they are pretty much pretty much outmanned in every category except for maybe the bullpen um uh, but you know we said this uh 
we said this last week going into the Blue Jays series where the Mariners were outmanned in a lot of areas of the game as well. It just comes down to how you play, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, again, I'm very interested to see, you know, because this is a completely new format. We've never seen anything like this. We've never seen teams get a full bye week before they start playing again. So how does that affect the Astros, if at all? Or does it help them, right? Because, like, I think the idea behind it is that it's supposed to give you an advantage, but does it actually give you an advantage? We haven't put that to the test yet. So we'll see how all that, you know, comes together. And again, it's a five games or it's a best of five series. It's not a best of seven. So I think that also gives the Mariners an advantage here because you have to win, you know, you have to win a one fury game. So mm-hmm. in order to advance. So we'll see how it goes. Now, I want to ask you about what this means for the Mariners and the landscape of the AL West, if the Mariners do uh, win this series in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to our listeners by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So, Colby, if the Mariners win this series, is this the statement? Is this the message to the Houston Astros that the AL West is ours now? Or does it really not change the the landscape whatsoever heading into 2023? I I don't want to say it doesn't change the landscape at all, but... I I think it's tough to say that, you know, you, you beat them three times in a week and all of a sudden it's your division. Now you own the show when they've won it, what, six years in a row now, uh, five years, five out of six years, whatever it's been. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I don't know if it's, it's that, but I, I do think it's a, a statement, um, not only to the Astros, but to all of major league baseball that the Seattle Mariners are real. They're not a, you know, a lot of their Cinderella story, they're like, no, they're, they're a really good baseball team is what they are. And they, you know, since July 1st, they've been like only four games worse than the Astros. So for more than half the year, they've been basically as good as the Astros. And so I, I think, you know, there's this narrative right now that, you know, Seattle's this big underdog and this big like Cinderella story and, oh, look how cute they captured lightning in a bottle type of thing. And it's like, that's, not the case at all. This is a very good baseball team, and they were pretty darn good last year as well. So uh, I don't know if it necessarily changes the narrative in the AL West. I still think we'll go into next year assuming that the Astros are 
are going to win the division probably until somebody actually knocks them off. I, that's just kind of the, the way it works here when you're trying to prognosticate. So I, I don't know if it's a, a statement that, you know, the ALS runs through Seattle now, uh, but I do think it's a statement that uh, regardless of, you know, Houston's uh, position in the division, the Mariners are a legitimate World Series contender. And if they have to, you know, if they win the division, great. If they can't, they're going to be a heck of a difficult team to knock out of the wild card. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more about a statement to all of Major League Baseball that this isn't a one-off. This isn't a Cinderella story. This isn't, you know, just, oh, look, they backed their way in and look how look good for them. Like, no, this is, this is an announcement that they've arrived, not that they've just crashed the party. Like mm -hmm. they no, they're, they're buying the house. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're hosting the parties here pretty soon. So, um, I think it's more about that than it is about like a changing of the guard in the American league West because Houston's still going to be very good yeah. next year. Yes. Um, there's just no doubt about it. They, they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. Um, so yeah, maybe it's, I mean, maybe it's the start of a, of a great rivalry. I, I don't know exactly how you want to phrase it, but, uh, no, I, I wouldn't say it's a changing of the guard if, if the if the Mariners win. I would just say it's uh, it's more of an announcement to the rest of the sport that uh, we're not. You can keep calling us a Cinderella story; that's fine, but we're 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 a really good baseball team, and we're going to be a problem for a few years. And I think we've already seen the start of the rivalry. You know, you think about some of the contention between these two teams over the last couple of years. We we had a benches clearing early, earlier this year. We had the situation last year after Dylan Moore hit the grand slam and uh, Brooks Raley hit J.P. Crawford and Scott Service yelling at the Astros dugout. We These teams do not like one another, and I think we're going to see that really come to a head in, in this series. I don't know if that's going to lead to another benches clearing or anything like that, but I think we're going to see a lot of jawing back and forth. I think we're going to see some legit drama in this series because, again, there's a lot at stake here, not just for the postseason, but also in terms of, you know, the Mariners making the statement like, hey, we're here. We're going to be a problem for you guys for from here on out. Like we are not pushovers anymore. And look, yeah, you got us in the regular season, but it all comes down to this series. And if we beat you, in, if we win three games here, you're going home and we're going to be the ones that send you home. You know, so that's mm -hmm. like the, the narratives that kind of go with that, just the storylines. That's really exciting for me going into the series. And I think this is a really, really big series for the Mariners, just for the future of the Mariners. I think this, no matter what happens from this point forward, if they're able to win this series, I think that adds legitimacy to you. Like that adds some real legitimacy to you as a team. And you already done that, right? With get, ending the drought, winning a playoff series, especially in the way that you did in Toronto, but still like, this is the top dog in the AL West, and this is a great challenge. Mm -hmm. And look, I was the one that wanted the Godslayer route, and I think this that is a route that the Mariners, like very few teams can make that run. I think the Mariners are one of those teams, though, just the way that they've been able to play, especially against good teams this year. And if they're able to do that, if they're able to beat this team, if they're able to knock these dudes out, like anything is possible. Like at that point, I'm legitimately right. thinking World Series because right now it's still, you know, it's hard to buy in. Right. Like, you know, it's it, like the Mariners are, are in a really good spot, but they're definitely not at their peak in this rebuild. I would say like I still like there's still a lot of room for this team to grow. But hey, you know, you, you beat the Astros. You can do whatever you want, I think. Right. Um, you know, it's it's probably worth noting that, uh, yes, the Astros won the uh, season series. I think it was seven to twelve. Yep. Um, it was six, six, uh, before the last, uh, seven games, 
were played. The Mariners didn't have Luis Castillo when they played the Astros. They didn't have a healthy Mitch Haniger when they played the Astros. I would argue they still don't, but whatever. Um, you know, and and so uh and despite all of that, the run differential between these two teams, Houston plus eight. In 19 games, Houston was eight runs better than the Mariners. These are going to be close games. These are two very good teams. And as I already mentioned, you know, Seattle, you know, finished four games worse than the Astros did from July 1st on. Mm. So even with the recent, even with the late season struggles of the Mariners, they still only finished four games behind the Astros in about 80 games, uh, in an 80 game stretch. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I do think these two teams are a little more evenly matched than conventional wisdom would say. And people would look at the the head to head and all that stuff, but just you dig a little deeper and you look at, you know, who's been the best over this long stretch. Um, Houston's a little bit better. Who's, you know, run differential. Houston's a little bit better. Uh, but again, that's what we're talking about a little bit here. And now the Mariners are in the playoffs. They have, they only have to beat them three times. They get to throw, um, they get to throw Gilbert twice and, and probably Castillo twice to some degree. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it sets up really well. And, and as dumb as the schedule is, the every other day thing until the weekend, which is again so dumb, yeah. but that actually does help Seattle because, I mean, it's it's a possibility. Maybe it's something we can talk about here. Like, hypothetically, let's say Seattle wins, uh, wins game one, and game two. Right? There's just up to to nothing. Do you want to start Robbie Ray in game three, knowing that you have these two games in your back pocket, or do you maybe consider because of the off days? Do you maybe go like? Oh, well, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to throw Brash for two. We're going to throw Ray for two. We're going to throw Kirby for three. Then we're going to throw Munoz and Seawald and, and like, you know what for I mean? For me, like, if, if it actually gets to that point, I I think there's no way in hell that the Mariners get to Seattle with a 2-0 lead, but we'll see. But right. if, if they do, I you got to go for the kill shot. You can't give this team even a chance. You have to step on their throats. Right. And the kill shot, unfortunately, is still probably Robbie Ray. <laughs> like it's it's I mean, I know people are like, do you even start Robbie Ray? Well, who's the other option? Are you gonna start Marco Gonzalez? Yeah, that's the thing too, right? It's like it's like I mean, Marco probably has a better shot of not imploding, but that's not gonna work. I mean, for Astros. me, I'm you starting need... Kirby. Right, right, right. But like yeah. did the Mariners seem all that inter like I don't know what the Mariners plan to do with Kirby. It's it's kind of weird, right? Mm. How they used him in the, in the they didn't use him for long relief, right? They I kind of feel like they, they were planning on maybe piggybacking him with with Gilbert on on in game three if they didn't use him to close. Maybe I mean I I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, I mean, but you look at the options. You look at Ray Kirby and and Marco. Like, do any of those guys fill you with tremendous confidence against the Astros right now? No. No, they don't. But, you know, at least uh, one of them is going to have to make a start. Gilbert can start game one and game four uh, if you get to four. Castillo can start game two, and I don't think he can start game five. Or game five. I, I think he's just one day short on his normal rest, but he can certainly pitch in that game if you need him to uh, for a couple of innings. So you can kind of make that work, but you still have to figure out who's starting game three, and to me that's it's going to be Ray. Um just because in in that scenario, I need I need upside, right? I, I have to I have to go with a guy who I think has a shot to shut down that lineup. And as bad as Ray has been the last few times out, and as bad as Kirby has been the last few times out, and Marco, like all of them, 
I think Ray gives me the best shot to actually shut down that lineup. Um, if not Ray, then Kirby. Like I like I think like if you're asking me like who's most likely to go six innings and give up three runs, Marco. <laughs> Is that going to be good enough? No. Yeah. It's not. You need to. You need and when you're kind of the dog like the like the Mariners are. You have to take shots like that and. Robbie Ray, when he's when he's on, he is a legitimate, you know, high level three, low end two type of guy. Like he, we've seen him for stretches be an ace basically yeah. this year, even with all of his struggles. So I still think you're going to have to use Robbie Ray in some uh, extended uh, role in the series. So we'll see. I, I do think that's why it's critically important for Seattle to split in Houston. They have to find a way to take one of these first two. Um, because if you go down into Seattle or you go down to Houston, you come back to Seattle down 2 0, it's not impossible. You can win three games in a row, sure. But three in a row against Houston when you know you're gonna have to face Verlander at least one more time, uh, it's it's not it's not ideal. So I think it's critically important for the Mariners to take one of these first two and you know, ideally both. That would be amazing. But you know, find a way to win one of these games with get with Gilbert and Castillo on the mound. And then I think you're you're in pretty good shape. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the schedule coming up. We know the start times for the next two games, like I said at the top of the show, 12.37 Pacific time uh, for both games one and two. And then there's two slot times that it could be for game three on Saturday. Uh, That is either 10 in the morning Pacific time. I don't think that's what it's going to be because there's also uh, New York and Cleveland, and it would make sense for those teams to play at 1 o'clock their time. Uh, but again, also Major League Baseball doesn't make sense, so who knows? Uh, but the other potential start time, and again, all of these games are on TBS, and that's a whole other thing we can get into because TBS isn't available for uh, a lot of folks. Um, but uh, the other start time is potentially 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, which, I mean, that's what you want, right? You want the first playoff game in Seattle in 21 years to be a primetime game, right? I mean, yeah, in theory, I, I think you just take what you can get, but it, it does feel dumb, frankly, to have the Mariners play at 11, 10, 11 a.m. their time uh, so that Hughes, so that uh, the Yankees can play at, what, 9.30 at night their time? Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't – like when you say it like that, I don't think that – I think they're – I think Yankees, right. Guardians are going to be the, the 10 a.m. slot. Right, and, then, and that – that yeah. game's going to be in Cleveland, so it's not even like it's a game in, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Like, I would, it would be moronic for that game to start at nine thirty at night, you know, New York time. But it's also moronic the schedule that Major League Baseball laid out. It's pretty moronic that they're playing these games at at noon on weekdays. Like, so yeah, there's no such thing as as smart people in the Major League Baseball front offices. That just doesn't exist. So. Um, And then the scheduling of it all, right? You mentioned it earlier. So they play on Tuesday, they play on Thursday, and they play on Saturday. So they get a day in between the first three games, but then they play Saturday, Sunday if necessary. Then they have to travel to Houston. Both teams have to travel to Houston and play the next day on Monday for game five. Mm -hmm. That game's probably going to be in the afternoon too. (laughs) So, yeah, Major League Baseball, uh, they dumb. I don't know what to tell you. They're, They're stupid. Um, that that's a dumb schedule, uh, you know, kind of helps the Mariners. Not going to lie. You get two days off now to reset your bullpen. Um, and then you can be as aggressive as you want because you have those in games one and two, because you have those built in days off. So, um, 
Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, it doesn't benefit Houston much because they've just gotten their rest, right? They don't need mm-hmm. those days. So it uh, kind of benefits Seattle, uh, but uh, it's just overall, it's unnecessary. I don't get why wouldn't you just start this thing, go, you know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, and then play on Tuesday uh, when you're not competing against Monday night football or anything like that for, for your product. I, I just, I don't get what major league baseball's goal was here. Um, you know, maybe it won't come into play. Maybe one of these teams will sweep the other one and it'll be done on Saturday anyways, or, or maybe it will. I don't, I don't know, but it's, I mean, there's just no way around it. It's dumb. <laughs> like yeah. I can't, it's just yeah. stupid. No, it's, it's mind blowingly dumb. <laughs> it's like, it's just galaxy brain stupid uh from major league baseball but also what do you expect it's major league baseball uh, it's the and expect nothing it's, less it's the it's the league that uh enacted its own lockout and then pretended like it was the player's fault uh for like four months so yeah um so a couple of notes here uh for those of you that are gonna try to watch the games because again you know blackouts uh on on mlb tv if you're in the if you're in the area can't watch it on there um and i know a lot of people with their uh, tv packages don't have access to tbs uh i had a listener uh dakota who reached out to me last night and wanted me to talk about how fubo tv also doesn't have it uh but Thanks to Joe Vieira uh, at Joe Vieira on Twitter. We do have some options. They're not great, but there are options to watch the game. If you don't have TBS, uh, you can get a five day free trial of direct TV stream. Uh, and there's uh, TBS on there. Uh, Sling TV. You can also get half off the first month. Uh, Joe lists here. And then you can also get a free trial of YouTube TV. Uh, and that also has TBS on it. The other thing, too, is the Mariners are not doing watch parties this week as they prepare to uh, get the ballpark ready for uh, for Saturday. So no watch parties. So either basically it's if you don't have access to TBS, you would have to go through DirecTV Stream or, or uh, Sling TV or YouTube TV uh, and do one of their free trials or one of their promotions or go to a sports bar, basically. I, I think that's really people's only options uh on that front let's make it as hard as possible for people to watch these games yeah classic classic major league baseball logic classic major league baseball logic absolutely so the other thing uh we don't know who's starting game two for the astros uh we know that luis castillo is starting game two for the uh for the mariners but uh today astros manager dusty baker uh, said that he was not ready to confirm his rotation aside from Verlander. So we know that Verlander is starting tomorrow, but aside from Verlander, we don't know how the rotation is going to line up for the Astros because there is apparently a sickness going around the uh, Astros clubhouse. That's what Dusty Baker uh, referred to it as a sickness. So we don't know if it's like COVID or just, you know, a stomach bug or whatever. Uh, but I would assume that is likely impacting either Framber Valdez or Lance McCullers Jr. because either one of those guys seem like the prime choice to start game two of this series. Um, so it's possible game two could be started uh, started by Luis Garcia, uh, Christian Javier, maybe even Jose Urquidy, even though that he was uh, put in the bullpen uh, towards the end of the season. So 
there are options and those are still scary options because they, those guys are really good. I mean, the Astros might have the best starting rotation in all baseball. Uh, you're running into an absolute wood chipper here uh, with this rotation, uh, no matter who you get. So, uh, but it seems like maybe you avoid McCullers or Valdez until game three or four if necessary. So, do you feel good about that? Do you feel good about avoiding one of those guys potentially and then instead facing Javier or Garcia or are you like me where it's just like uh, it doesn't really matter who you face in the Astros? Like all their guys are really good. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, Kitty probably seems like the most hittable guy, but he he dominated the Mariners this year too. So, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter uh, whoever's throwing or, you know, they, they could even do a bullpen day and that would still be pretty tough. So, uh, Houston's got great pitching or a lot of good pitching depth and, and they're going to show it, uh, in this series. So it doesn't really matter who you face. You just, it's going to come down to which team pitches better, honestly. And, and, you know, Seattle certainly has a smaller margin of error than Houston does. Um, so they really need their starting pitching to be quite good, uh, because it is going to be difficult to score runs against the staff, regardless of who's on the mound. Uh, so you got to take advantage of those situations when they do come up and, and even the best pitchers will give you one or two opportunities, uh, in a game to, to score some runs. And so when they do, whether it's Valdez or McCullers or, or Quiddy or Javier or the bullpen, you have to take advantage of it because you're not going to get many opportunities. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S T A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow after the game peace